Today, on the Buckle Bomb Show, Bobby and Tony give their thoughts on Clash at the Castle. We discuss more of the All Out card. And we preview NXT Worlds Collide. All that and more, starting now. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Buckle Bomb Show here on Bomb Media Productions. I'm so happy to be here to talk professional wrestling with you right here on this great professional wrestling weekend. I'm joined as always by my broadcast partner, Anthony Rohn. Tony, how you doing, buddy? Fantastic. I almost had a catastrophe occur in my room. Holy hell. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I always had a fan fall on me. Oh goodness, yeah, that would have been that would have been a great way to start the show. The death of my broadcast partner. All right, we will jump right into it here. Uh, we're recording this late Saturday night. We just finished watching Clash at the Castle a couple hours ago. It was a really good show, I think. Um, we're gonna go through a review here and uh, discuss some of what we uh, liked and what we didn't like and and all that. Uh, so we'll jump right into it here. Let me wrong button let me jump into this here and let me bring up the right panel uh here we go so we will start first we'll we'll go ahead and start off talking about uh ray mysterio and edge versus the judgment day obviously we had rhea ripley and dominic mysterio in uh backing up each of their teams what did you think of this match? Uh, first off, we'll start with the match, and then we can get into what happened after the match later. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a solid match. They really played up by using... Damian Priest really played up using his size advantage over Rey Mysterio, kind of taunting Edge that he couldn't get into the match. I'm surprised how long it took to actually get Edge inside the match itself. Uh, they actually let this match breathe, and play out properly to the story um i shot you in the text we were texting back and forth during this card and uh, i said did anyone have edge hitting a 619 on their 2022 bingo card because wow did not see that coming or for that uh, matter coming out in a lucha mask yeah which by the way badass lucha mask yeah. i really appreciated it um the 619 spear combo, I thought was a hell of a formidable tag team finisher. Uh, it, it was just a fantastic match all around. I agree. Of course, afterwards, we would have Dominic Mysterio in his long teased turn on his father. Uh, quite frankly, if this has gone another month or two, I don't know if I would have been able to take all of the is he going to turn tonight? Is he going to turn tonight? So it finally happened. Uh, he didn't join Judgment Day, which is a thing you predicted. You you thought he would turn, but not actually join Judgment Day. Judgment Day was certainly very happy with what he did. They were laughing behind him, but he wasn't with them. He left on his own. Uh, where do you see that headed? Well, I first off, I have to say probably one of the funniest images of WWE programming in the last couple months 
is Finn Balor just randomly busting into laughter when uh, Mysterio kicked Edge right in the balls. It was pretty great to see. He got a pop out of me. Yeah, there's um, there's an image there of all three of them laughing their butts off, Priest, Balor, and Rhea Ripley, that I think uh, is pretty meme-worthy. I think you'll be seeing that shared around for a while. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be really interesting. Uh, we know Edge only has one year left. Before he's done, he said, next time they're in Toronto, that's going to be the end of it for him. Um, this could be a really nice way to pass the torch to Dominic. He's definitely coming into his own as a character. Mm. Um, improvise, you know, he lost his shoe on the crotch kick, so he took the other one off immediately. looked flawless. like yeah. No weird, like, hobbling around the ring with one shoe. Uh, that clothesline he hit Ray with, though, oh, my God. Uh, that's the most it's realistic stiff, piece yeah. of offense. Like, whew. but uh, I think we're gonna see Dominic transform into more of an Eddie Guerrero character. Uh, he's got the mullet, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I I see. Certainly, I think we'll segue into an Edge Dominic match here coming up soon. Uh, you know, Ray won't be able to do it himself. He'll have to ask Edge to do it for him, you know, put him in his place, or maybe maybe Ray will be begging Edge not to do it, something along those lines. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll start there, and I think we'll build up maybe at Mania next year we'll get a Dominic-Ray match, which could be really interesting. Or maybe, maybe at Royal Rumble or something before that. It, it might not last that long, but it certainly would be interesting to see where where this goes and then how far it takes us. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next match that we had on the card here. This was perhaps my favorite match of the night, and it was the one I was looking forward to the most. Uh, Sheamus and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. This was as advertised. It was a hard-hitting, bruising match. Uh, They were all torn up. We had the, uh, uh, the Imperium come back out. Giovanni... Uh, Vini came out with uh, Kaiser and Gunther to uh, help negate the influence of uh, Seamus's partners. I'm blanking Butch and uh, what's what's uh, his name? I'm blanking on his other, other Butch and uh, Butch and Rich Holland. Rich Holland, yeah, I was blanked on Rich Holland's name for a minute. They were still calling him Butch, by the way. No Pete Dunn, but. Uh, yeah, this was just an excellent match all around with uh, Gunther coming out on top in the end, nice and clean. I really liked it. What did you, you think of this match? My God, man, you want to talk about just some unbelievable action between these two. Started off the same way it ended on SmackDown with them staring each other down in the ring and the prospective members brawling with each other. Uh, both big men taking aerial risks in the match, which I thought was absolutely insane. The first 10 seconds in, you already have Sheamus's pacey white chest turning red. This match was just everything that we hoped it was going to be, and then some. Yeah, I agree completely. And really got over Gunther, I think. We're, I can't wait to see where they go with him in the future. Uh, moving on, we have the grudge match. Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins versus Matthew Riddle. This was, all right, I'm going to say it this way. This was an excellent match. 
technically speaking. From the story that they were telling, both going into it with the the F-bombs and the promo before on Raw, and the way they finished this match, which is pretty much exactly what I thought, that uh, Riddle's anger would cost him the match, either via DQ or he it would just make him make a mistake. And that can lead us into a, a, an Extreme Rules match next month at the Extreme Rules paper, or pretty premium live event, excuse me. But the match itself in between there and Riddle's entrance itself, we were both talking about it as it was happening. Like, he still came out on the scooter and he was still smiling. And, you know, I wanted a little more intensity and fire. He, he, he needed that baby face fire to come out and really sell his, his anger at how much he wanted to rip to shreds. Seth Rollins and I just didn't feel that from him and even within the match like it he should have been seething there and sort of pacing as as the match was about to get started and then start hot and it I just didn't get that heat in this match that I really wanted from it that the story I think demanded from it but we got the ending that I was expecting what did you think of this match I mean we got Patrick Starr versus Curry Man cosplaying as the Rocket Man this was a match that was, for all intents and purposes, this paper, this premium live event was really great. This was the only lackluster portion of it, in my opinion. Uh, it The build-up did not meet the match itself. And now, of course, you know we're going to get some weird stipulation match going in the extreme rules between these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I got to say, man, it... It was really, really frustrating, especially because they kept putting the emphasis on the promo prior to the match. I, and I, I think yeah. I think you're like me. If you just looking at the match cold, it was a fantastic match. Yeah. But the story built up around it, it, it needed to be a little more intense. Well, I believe I even said this on the prediction show that Seth Rollins is one of those dudes that if you actually let him cut a good promo on his opponent and let him play those mind games with people. He makes it to the point where every grudge match he's in could be contested in a hell in a cell just because there's so much heat coming from Seth. Um, that's the only reason sure. to me why it was weird in that fashion. Now, again, we both predicted the same ending and outcome for it, but I did find an interesting statistic about this match. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, this was Seth's first pay-per-view win since Claudio Castagnoli at Hell in a Cell 2001. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, what what year? You said 2001. What year did Hell in a Cell? What? Or, two, 2021. My apologies. <laughs> yes. Uh, Holy hell. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Though, obviously, for him to still be... He doesn't need the win unless it, it fits the story. You know, he can still, he's, especially as this heel, for all I say about how much I hate his over-the-top nature, it's obviously working because he doesn't need to win. He can lose premium live event after premium live event after premium live event, three in a row to Cody Rhodes, and still have all this heat that this is probably the, the semi-main event for this card here. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the next match. Uh, this was the first match. This was the curtain jerker of the night. We had the uh, 
six-woman tag team match. I still want to say trios match. AEW's got me conditioned well here. The six-woman tag team match between what we were calling damage control, Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai versus the team of Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Uh, this match uh, was, went pretty much like I expected as well. A decent match. Uh, at the end, the uh, damage control had Bianca Belair pretty well isolated. They tri- triple teamed her. And Bianca Belair took her first pin of the year from Bailey. This could be setting up a world title match in the future. What do you? What did you think of this? So I'm not gonna lie. In the beginning of the match, there was one thing that I couldn't help but think about. That my fault for thinking this aloud, but there was the rumor going on earlier in the day that this was supposed to be the Fiends return at some point during this paper premium live event. Um, I was really concerned in the beginning portion of the match that this is going to somehow affect Alexa bliss again. But once I actually was able to focus back in on the match, what probably my third favorite match on this card, um, the way Oscar Alexa bliss and Bianca Bella worked together as a thrown together team was incredible Mm -hmm. the ending of the match the way it ended um just the way i think anybody going against bianca in that circumstance it should end use her hair against her uh the way they let dakota kai hit that scorpion kick and then the uh was it the rose drop is what they're calling uh bailey's finish i didn't i didn't hear it but into eo's top rope maneuver for the pin what a hell of a trios combination for a finish. Um, but yeah, this was actually a really interesting match for the opening match. This was another match that WWE let, they let them have time to tell the story in the ring. And uh, kudos to all six of them because it was a beautiful match. It really was. All right. Up next, we've got uh, Liv Morgan defending her championship against Shayna Baszler. Liv Morgan in her sensational Sherry Martell uh, outfit that I really enjoyed. Uh, this was a this was a decent match. It went again as I expected. Uh, Liv Morgan getting a clean victory over Shayna Baszler. As much as we all want Shayna Baszler to get a real shot at the title, this uh, I don't think now is the time. I think Liv Morgan really needed this win against a badass to move her forward into a rematch against Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series or something like that coming up soon. Uh, But, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the match otherwise. What did you think of this match? You know, a little sidebar about that. I don't feel like they're building up Liv versus Ronda at the moment. No, Ronda's kind of been off doing her own thing and it's been weird, but I, I would think they would get back to that eventually. I feel like they're building Ronda versus Adam Pierce at Extreme Rules. I know it sounds weird. I'm. I, what did you just think about an intergender match at on WWE? That would be interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, just the storyline they're telling right now. But as for this match, it it, it was a decent match. I mean. It's giving us more of that glimpse at Liv that we talked about during the uh, 
preview show that we're hoping to get more of lives a show with that character more uh yeah, to get great win to get more of that baby face fire that sort of come from behind. Mm-hmm. But we need we need a little more of that, and we got some of that here. And we need I still think we need some more. But yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll move on to the next match, the main event: Roman Reigns defending his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Drew McIntyre, the big hometown hero, if you will. Uh, a lot of twists and turns in this match. I loved a lot of stuff about this match. I love the way Roman works. He's not... Well, let me put it this way. There was a moment in the match where uh, Drew went for his Claymore kick as Roman was getting up in the corner. And a lot of times, more often than not these days, the heel would just reverse it and then you know that would be the way... They would get out of that moment. They would reverse it. And now the heel's back in control and on top. Roman just powdered out of the ring so that he couldn't do the Claymore, which was brilliant. It's better than just a reversal because now he's got more of that heel heat. They're booing him for getting out of the ring rather than him actually getting one over on the on the baby face by reversing the move. I I think that was brilliant. And that's the way Roman's really been working here on this run as champion. And it's been... Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Austin Theory coming down, teasing the cash in once again out of nowhere, only to get decked by Tyson Fury on the outside. But that seemed to just be uh, for a couple of reasons to get a second referee out there as Charles Robinson was selling and also to get Tyson Fury involved. And I don't know what's going on with your cam there flicking back and forth, but... Not a big deal. What did you... Th- and then that would... Before I throw it to you... Uh, of course, we would end up with the finish... With Solo Sika coming out... And I, I probably said his name all wrong there... But uh, the Uso's little brother... Roman Reigns' uh, cousin... Other cousin... Coming out to help Roman get the victory here. Uh, what did you think of the match? Uh, yeah, if you were a fan of the Buckle Bomb Show and you've listened in the past, you have heard me talk about the street champion, Solo Sakeo. Pardon me, because I can't say names were dick. I've been predicting for a long time now that he was finally going to get a seat at the table, and I think we're finally seeing that now. I don't think this is just a one-off for the sake of a one-off. Um, the match in general, though, absolutely fantastic. Like I was telling you in text message, that... Roman Reigns has gotten to the point where he is now a must-see main eventer. I think the most must-see main eventer across all of professional wrestling right now. Um, that little move with the cower outside the ring to avoid the Claymore, I think that was beautiful. Um, more importantly, though, the way Roman was reversing Claymores with Spears. And it got to the point of hopelessness watching it. Like, my God, it, is McIntyre ever going to be able to hit a Claymore? Speaking of McIntyre, let's talk about that entrance. You had the Broken Dreams theme song playing while it was going over a retrospe- retrospective of his career from the time he was a little boy through being Vince McMahon's chosen one, leaving WWE, being released, 
and then coming back. I mean, they hyped this up so much to the point where you really felt in your body that Drew was going to win. Of course, the match started with fuckery in the beginning. You had, uh, I'm, I'm calling him Killer Cross. I'm not calling him Kyrian. Killer Cross threw a bottle of water at him, so he's getting into it with Killer Cross at the side, getting Roman Reigns the chance to come in and take advantage of that. Down to the finish, the uh, beautiful little sing-along at the end with Tyson Fury. American Pie. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got my hopes up on that one again. <laughs> huh? uh, so let me just fill you guys in. The rumor was... Bobby, go ahead and explain what the rumor was. Well, there had been a podcast that came out. Um, it ended up, even though it started getting reported uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before when I messaged you about it, it it, it was actually a 10-day-old or a 9-days-old as of yesterday podcast where Chris, Dr. Chris Featherstone said he had a source that Bray Wyatt was going to debut at clash at the castle and then immediately be a part of the wwe universal title scene uh obviously that didn't happen but that had this man right here really really excited to see that because he is a huge bray wyatt mark and he's been pounding the fist for him to return and it you just keep getting cock teased my, my friend so, putting my fancy Booker hat on, you have Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury in the ring. This will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I... Microphone's cut off, lights cut out. You just hear, let him in. The Fiend appears in the ring, takes them both out. That killer next stab action. That, that's how you would have done that. And once they got through that song into the next song, I fucking knew in that moment we weren't getting Bray Wyatt back. He's not fucking coming back. I was so pissed off, I tweeted at him. I, I, I saw that. Hey, bro, you, you want us to let you in? I've been holding this fucking door open for months now. Anywhere. I don't care. And then you got douche canoes like Sean Rossap putting up major news stories about Bray Wyatt behind a fucking paywall. I'm not paying $5 a month to get cock tees. I just paid $15 a month to watch that pay-per-view. Premium live event. Suck it up my ass. Sorry about that. You know? And here we are. Is he going to be the Joker? Is he going to go to control your narrative? Is he going to start his own wrestling promotion? Who fucking knows? At this point, who fucking cares? Let's just focus on the wrestlers that are in and quit getting my fucking hopes up. Internal memo to myself. Oh... <sighs> It was a heck of a promo you just you just uh, put on right there. I'm frustrated with all this, like, will he or won't he bullshit? <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I'm gonna give myself a hard time. And, and you gotta you right? gotta hit, knock poor Sean Ross Sap just trying to make a living. I mean, come on. Superman hates paywalls for news sites. There is literally <laughs> one in one of the DC comics. He has to go save Lois at the Daily Planet, and he goes, "What? this is about charging $3.99 to access the website, isn't it? I told you it wasn't a good idea. Even Superman hates news behind paywalls. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go ahead and move on from that excellent rant right there and move on 
Uh, if you haven't been paying attention to the channel, we did release a Clash at the Castle preview. Uh, and we also did an All Out preview. Of course, All Out airs later tonight on pay-per-view for AEW. We've got the preview on the channel. Check that out once you have checked out, once you have finished watching this video. But there were a couple of matches that we missed in our All Out preview that I want to go ahead and talk about here. The uh, First off, we, there's two of them. First off, the trios match between the House of Black and Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. Miro's big return here. How do you see this playing out? Well, since we're just grasping random straws now, this god that Miro's constantly talking about is going to be Bray Wyatt. Oh, goodness. We're, we're not leaving that for the rest of the episode, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, let, let, let's think about this, though. It's going to be Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro that go over. You know, it's being reported right now that Aleister Black, because let's face it, he's going back to WWE, is unhappy at AEW, and he wants to have his contract. That's, I think a lot of it's rumor. just being time away from his yeah. wife. Well, with the, when there's smoke, there's fire, especially with the way that AEW locker room is right now. You could tell me Tony Khan's looking to go to WWE. I'd fucking believe it. I, I'm not quite as sold. I certainly think because it's Miro's return, you're not going to have Miro lose on his first match back, especially at a pay-per-view. But, you know, I, I certainly think House of Black deserves to go over here, maybe even should. But, yeah, I think I think in the end, uh, Miro, Sting, and Allen are going to be the ones going over here. All right, and the other match that we missed, partly because it wasn't fully announced yet, the uh, AW Trios Championship Tournament Finale, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and the Dark Order. How do you see this playing out? Because there's a lot of history here with Hangman and uh, the Elites, Omega and the Bucks here. What do you, what do you think is going to happen here? I think this is the most easiest match to call of the weekend. Um, obviously, it's going to be Hangman and Dark Order going over. You have Kenny Omega, who's still going to be in the heavyweight title picture. You have the Young Bucks, who are in the tag team picture. We still need that FTR versus Young Bucks match, winner takes all, which would be, I hate to say it, you see the Young Bucks going over on that because of their history with New Japan. Uh, they talk about constantly wanting to go back over and doing some work with them. Don't, 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 don't and say I'll, it. No. The Bucks, the Bucks, no, listen, not over FTR. Don't. I hate, You know how I feel about FTR. You know FTR's my jam, all right? But, no, it, Hangman and the Dark Order need this. They need this real bad. The Dark Order was like this killing force when AEW first began. And now they're nothing more than a yeah. comedy act. And you have the Dark Order now expanding across all promotions. Uh, you got House of Glory coming up next weekend where Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are wrestling the Briscoes for the House of Glory Tag Team Championship. Uh, you got Alan Five Angels over on Impact. He's still repping Dark Order. So now Dark Order is just a thing across 
all of professional wrestling at this point, it feels like. Um, give them the trios title. Make them a legit force within AEW. And get them back. Bring the Creepers back. I want them to bring the fucking Creepers back. Yeah, I think Hangman and getting one up on Omega and the Bucks here makes the most sense. Though... Sometimes AEW booking doesn't always make the most sense. So... But I'll, I'll pick. I'll, I'll agree with you and pick Hangman Page in the Dark Order here, and we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, those were the two matches that we missed on our All Out preview. Now we're gonna preview the other show that's happening here on Sunday. Earlier, before All Out, NXT Worlds Collide. Uh, we've got quite the card here for this match too. Though I'm gonna be relying on Tony for some of this because. I don't really know, as I set this up here, I don't really know a whole lot of the NXT people quite yet. I'm still learning some of them. But we are going to go ahead and set this up here and start talking about uh, NXT Worlds Collide. And we'll start off with uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship. What do you think is going to happen in this match? Uh, Carmelo Hayes is a great North American champion. Hell of a wrestler. There is a call-up in his future very soon. With that said, Ricochet needs a win more than anything. Ricochet of the last two years is not Ricochet that you remember Ricochet being in NXT. He's not Prince Puma. He's not the Ricochet that held that clinic with Will Ospreay. He's just a dude that is lost in the mid-card shuffle and needs a championship to bring him back to his full glory. Do you think he sticks around NXT for a little while then if he wins the title here? I think it would benefit him. Look at the wonder it's done for Mandy Rose. Right? She was over on the main roster because she is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. I can't tell you what her finishing move is, but I'm a big fan of Mandy Rose. Okay? But... Her run on the NXT roster has completely revitalized her career. She's been a hell of an NXT Women's Champion. These kind of things can do wonders for somebody who's getting stale on the main roster. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. It, you know, I don't know that Ricochet needs to go down to learn anymore, but he, it can certainly revitalize him a little bit. And also, he'll be down there, you know, with his experience and his knowledge with some of the younger guys, that he can pass some of that on. Uh, yeah, I think Ricochet wins here too. And I think you're right, Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes is due for a call-up here pretty soon. So this might be the way to get the belt off of him so he can uh, show up in Raw or SmackDown. All right, the next match we have here is for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Dewdrop and Nikki Almost Superhero. I uh, see Chance and Carter here going over, getting the big win to put them over the main roster stars. What do you see happening here? I see that happening as well, but hear me out on this. So you got the NXT going over on the main roster stars, and that's all fine and dandy, but it's going to set up the feud between the main roster women's tag team champions and the NXT women's roster tag team champions. And they're going to merge them back together because we all know, like I said in the 
prediction show. That was Triple H's big fucking bright plan to begin with. And I'm never going to get to see Nikita Lyons wrestle live because she's going to be a fucking Tupelo on a super card at the end of September. All right, we'll go ahead and move on. We've got a f- <laughs> a fatal four-way match for the uh, to unify the NXT UK and NXT 2.0 tag team titles. We've got I, I really don't know these teams too much at all here. The Diamond Mind, Josh Briggs and Brooks, Brooks Jensen, Gallus and Pretty Deadly. Uh, what what do you think's going to happen here? Um, man, so the Diamond Mine is, uh, Roderick Strong's faction in NXT. Uh, both really great wrestlers involved in that. The Galluses, though, they're hard-hitting motherfuckers. I, I could really see them going over. I'm going to be honest, it could be any one of these teams other than Pretty Deadly. Their gimmick just irritates the hell out of me. They're uh, like a cross between Maxim Male Models and Lenny and Lodi. Oh, goodness. All right. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Galluses will win. All right. And we'll move on to the next match, a triple threat match that will unify the NXT UK women's title and the NXT 2.0 women's title. We've got uh, Rose... Miko Satamora, Mandy Rose, and Blair Davenport. Who do you think goes over here? I think Blair Davenport does. Really? Yeah, I think they're going to be someone that she wants to keep on it. If I'm not mistaken, she's one of the NXT UK talent that they're trying to really keep their claws into to make sure she doesn't go anywhere uh, during the downtime. Uh, which would be good for Mandy because they need a star in the main roster women's division right now with the injuries. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, reports that Lacey Evans isn't coming back now because she somehow injured herself training, and uh, who knows how long it's going to be until we see Charlotte again and how long it's going to be until we see uh, Becky Lynch back, even though they just aired that awesome promo package for her. So... Yeah, I think Blair Davenport takes the W. Mandy Rose, we're going to see her on SmackDown within the coming I, I weeks. I could see that happening. Maybe maybe, maybe Blair getting the victory over uh, Satomura, who is quite the veteran in the, in the business. I saw a picture of her on WCW Nitro in 98 earlier this week. Mm. So she's been around a long while. Mandy Rose, do you think they, they bring her back up to the main roster? We already saw Toxic Attraction up there for the uh, tag team title tournament. Do you think uh, she follows them up and we get the full Toxic Attraction uh, on the main roster? I would hope so. That is such a great team together. Um, They're somebody that should have had the damage control run that we wanted before damage control came around. Because they played... But in a different way, because they played such a mean girl role on NXT originally. But it made sense. So hopefully they'll just run roughshod on the women's division up on the main roster. So I would I would imagine SmackDown then. Since you have damage, damage control on Raw, you put them on SmackDown. And you can yep. immediately throw them, maybe even Liv Morgan, 
Um, if we're not headed towards a Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey rematch, then maybe we can do a Liv Morgan Mandy Rose match, and maybe maybe Mandy Rose ends up going over there. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that's that's if she gets called up, and that's if uh, we're right or you're right, and Blair Davenport getting the W here. All right, we'll move on to the main event. The unification of the NXT UK and NXT World Titles. We've got uh, Braun Breaker, Steiner, and Tyler Bate here. What do you see happening here? This is an intriguing match, to say the least. Yeah, it is, but I think it's pretty evident what's going to happen. Tyler Bate's not going anywhere. He was Triple H's OG UK project for NXT hasn't had a main roster debut yet is surprising uh, maybe fortunately because we all know what Vince McMahon liked to do to the NXT talent once they hit the main roster but he has a safe job he's going to be on NXT every week or maybe at the main roster after this match because I'm thinking Braun Breaker goes over you keep your champion strong they're building him up in almost a Goldberg-esque fashion right now. Yeah. Uh, without the streak, of course. But he is your next big powerhouse, big hoss that you can have run roughshod when his time does come to go up to the main roster. Uh, I, I know I told you about watching NXT from this week. They had this beautiful thing where all the former NXT champions came to, the, came to uh, Full Sail University to kind of give either Braun or Tyler a pep talk. Uh, you saw Pete Dunne down there. You saw uh, Tommaso Ciampa come pull up a chair next to Breaker, ask him if he can hold Goldie, which, if you know the history about the War Games match between NXT Black and Gold and NXT 2.0, Tommaso Ciampa was the captain for Black and Gold. Breaker was the team captain for 2.0. I mean, it was just really a beautiful moment because of the speech that Ciampa gave to Breaker that I feel like that's kind of going to be like his Miyagi moment that pushes him through in this match. And and I think you're right. I think Braun is, we got to remember, Braun's still pretty green here. I mean, he's obviously a second-generation star, but he's still pretty green and pretty new to this business. And I, I think he can still, I think he still needs time uh, down in the NXT developmental brand uh, to learn a bit more and to get more experience. Tyler Bates, someone who, yeah, I think you, we could see him stick down in NXT and continue to have a run down in the main NXT 2.0, or you know, you could bring him up to the main roster right away. Uh, you know, either way, but he's he's uh, he's someone to look forward to, to seeing a lot of in the future for sure. All right. That'll do it for our Worlds Collide preview. I got a little bit of a programming note. There will be no card this week. I haven't even talked to Tony about this. There won't be a card this week. Normally part one on Tuesday, part two on Thursday. Uh, I, I, if you've been paying attention or watching it, it's been a little bit different each week as we try to figure out the, um, the format and exactly how we're going to do the show. It's still going to be a top ten show. It's still going to be me and Tony coming up, you know, oftentimes with his five and my five. Uh, maybe sometimes coming together and coming up with our own top 10. But how to record the show and how the show's going to look and feel and all this stuff, I'm still kind of uh, figuring out exactly how. I haven't been happy with how it's turned out the last few shows. So 
I'm going to put it on a little bit of a hiatus, a week or two, until I can really nail in what I want to do and how I want to do it, uh, because timing is a factor too, and, and the time I have in a day. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. I will let you know when that comes back. Uh, so quick jabs to the face. Uh, there's only one thing I really wanted to talk about here. And that was, I brought it up to you. You didn't even know about this. I brought it up to you after we were done filming our Clash and All Out previews. Vince Russo. (laughs) Vince Russo has come out and said that for a couple of years, between 2020 and 2022, that he was getting paid by USA Network to consult in some form or fashion uh, on WWE programming. What do you think of this somewhat out of left field news? And is it even true? Is he telling the truth? Because we are talking about Vince Russo. So here's my opinion on this. After we recorded the prediction show, you had me read aloud Vince Russo's comments. And it made me hate Matt Riddle for like a good three hours after we were done. Because if I had to say the fucking word bro one more time, yeah, that was, I was, gonna start was pretty funny. You started reading it out loud, and I just I, the New York accent started coming out of you as you each time you said "bro," which was of course every three words. <laughs> and literally, I started off saying "bro" at the end of a sentence as a joke, and then it just broke down into "bro" debauchery. Like every other, like every three words was "bro." Um, so yeah, I can. Buy it, but I'm not sold. If that makes sense. Um, there were points where there were seemed like there was Vince Russo influence on certain things that were happening on Monday nights. Um, according to Vince Russo, he was working for the vice president that was directly overseeing Monday Night Raw. You and I have talked about it in the past if the network's not happy with something or the network wants changes, they're inclined to make those changes to make their networks happy. Uh, so who's to say that Vince Russo is not in the vice president's head saying, Hey bro, this is how this needs to go or else you're going to lose your show. You're going to lose your audience. And the vice president of USA, probably not knowing Dick about wrestling is going back to Vince McMahon and saying, these are the changes I want made. I, I can actually see that being the case. However, I'm not completely sold but I'm definitely there for the test drive. Well, part of what Vince Russo said here, and one of the last things of the quote, um, so apparently Vince Russo was talking directly with Vince McMahon at times during this time period too, because part of the quote here was, uh, he said, and I'm not going to do New York accent, I can't, I'm terrible at it, but uh, he said, after my first call with USA, they contacted Vince, oh wait, is that, that's not part of it, I don't know if that part of it is on here. But he talked about how... Yeah, right Russo, oh, Russo yeah, there Russo man was unaware of him being hired by USA Network. I got in contact with the vice president at USA Network who was overseeing Raw. Russo revealed he knew who I was, called me back immediately, had a long discussion. So the first thing he did, he went directly to Vince McMahon. After my first call with USA, they 
contacted Vince and suggested he speak to me. When he chose not to, USA came back and said, if he won't use you, we will. Russo told Wrestling Inc. exclusively via email. Russo elaborated further on his reason for coming clean nearly two years after talking up the job. When it comes to numbers, when it comes to the networks, I don't care if it's 1999 or 2020. I know where they stand, Russo claimed. I know what they're looking for. I know what's acceptable and what's unacceptable because I had communication with them for two straight years. So don't tell me what the fuck I'm talking about, bro, when I'm working directly with the network that WWE Raw is on. And now that I know that this was all an email, and he said, bro, that many times in an email, in an email, dear fuck. Was he, was he dictating, I hope? I hope he wasn't actually typing out bro all that much. <laughs> no, I, the, the way it looks like it, he was saying bro that much. Okay, here's here's where we had screwed up. There was a correction to this article here. A previous version oh. of this article stated that Vince was aware of Russo's consulting. McMahon was not aware. So that's, that's where uh, I had gotten it wrong and said oh wait there's part of a quote here and why am i not finding it now apparently they had they had transcripted that wrong um but that was part of his podcast so he was saying that out loud that was an email so all the bros all the bros were out loud um but in that little little in that little bit that you just read there that was kind of surprising there was only what one or two bros in that last bit that you just read. yeah one bro (laughs) Uh, all right. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss for uh, quick jabs? Yeah, um, in order to stay relevant, Vince Russo is now going to be suing Matt Riddle, as he is the actual original bro. Um, yeah, dude. The, the, this was kind of a slow news week for wrestling. I mean, unless you want to go back over the obvious, which everyone's still unhappy in AEW, and uh, we got a House of Glory card coming up we already talked about that yeah man slow ass news week for wrestling i don't mind that i'd rather the actual wrestling be the news that we talk about anyway and the surprises and the turns and what happened it within the wrestling and in the ring uh be dominated in what or dominate what we talk about here on the buckle bomb show and all the ancillary bullshit and the rumors be as minimal as possible i like actually talking about the actual wrestling not the bullshit around it. All right. Now, go ahead. The real question is: is how much are we going to have to talk about next week on the Buckle Bomb Show? Because I have a feeling that after All Out, there's going to be quite a lot to discuss on what the hell's happening. Yeah, we'll, we'll by next week's show, we'll have an All Out, a Dynamite, and a Rampage. So there'll be and a Raw yeah, and SmackDown. Not to mention Raw and SmackDown on the other side. So and NXT. So. And worlds collide. So, Jesus Christ, it's it's going to be a it's a hell of a weekend for wrestling. It's going to be a hell of a couple of weeks here, and I'm I'm excited to continue to watch it for sure. All right, that'll do it for us here on the Buckle Bomb Show. Uh, check out uh, again if you haven't check out the card for last week. Our top ten. Uh, things in WWE moments that have aged poorly. Check that out. And uh, we'll see you next week for the Buckle Bomb Show.
preceding announcement has been paid for by Bomb Media Production.